Welcome to another episode of the Love Change Podcast. Kay, the co-host here hey today. There. Amor present. If you're tuning in, you're interested in change. You might even love change like we do. And you care about having human connections that are open, shame-free, without taboos. And today's topic is FOMO. FOMO. Tell us a little bit about FOMO cake. What does that mean for you? Serious topic. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. I was researching a bit about it. And um, basically the term only started to be evident in 96. That's where a marketing uh, guy was researching on it and writing about it, which mm -hmm. is pretty interesting. Like the idea of FOMO existed before, but the term just got only formulated in 96. Um, yeah, I think the more our life is speeding up, the more options we have. And of course, the more things we are missing out on. So that's where this thing is coming more and more to life and people feel a true fear of missing out. Spoken like a true uh, person who does not want to talk about themselves. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, giving You're us welcome. the research and <laughs> general statements about people. <laughs> That's not why we're here. I'm sorry. I have yeah, to, uh, I get you. Uh, tease you a little bit. The format we have for the viewers and listeners also to know. Um, help us pick topics. Definitely. I, I lined up three questions for Kay around FOMO and her life. She did the same for me. Exactly. I have so, three questions for him. So you might as well shoot topics at us and questions. We'll be doing it without you guys as well, because we got to keep the show moving. But as we proceed, maybe there are things you would like to come back. Maybe there are some in-depth questions you have for us. And we're testing out this new format. So you want to bite it off or should I? You go. You get to go. <laughs> First question I had for Kay is, what is... The weirdest or strangest, uh, strangest FOMO that you have had? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, it took me quite some time today to um, get into the flow of finding out what the, what the weirdest FOMO of one of the weirdest FOMOs was in my life. I would date it back somewhere 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I was turning close to my 30s and everyone around me was starting to getting married, having kids and like basically ticking off the life list, the life list, the life list, the checklist, I know. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh. And at that time I started to uh, date my ex-boyfriend and I was like, I'm not even sure if this is leading that way and if this is going to be it. And I really felt it started to stress me out that everyone was like apparently going in this direction. Everyone was like, yeah, this is the only option to go. And then it took me some time to really think further and be like, yeah, it doesn't mean that this is also for me. And I really, really saw for me that this is not the way I want to go. I think uh, everyone is happy what they do. And I don't want to even say that this is not a good idea. I think it's perfect if you have hold a... Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold on, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're moving <laughs> away from what the FOMO was. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's okay. And everyone's like, how you got over it. But yeah. what was so strange about it? I think the strange thing is that I felt, a strange, strange thing was that I felt like I got to go the same way. And I felt really stressed of everyone doing it and me being the only one not doing it. Hmm. So it took me some time to really, yeah, think about it. I think a lot of people have that. Breaking uh, out of the format. <laughs> no, no. I think a lot of the people have that. Uh, how do you say it? You reach a certain age mm -hmm. and then all your peers or your friends, everybody's mm -hmm. in diaper mode and baby mode. Yeah. Then add 10 years, everybody's in divorce mode. It's like, <laughs> it's just, you don't want to be left out. So if everybody's getting a divorce, getting a younger boyfriend or girlfriend, you want to be part of that crew too, right? It's normal. <laughs> Normal. yeah and what was strange about it for you i think i just felt left out being the one that realized this is not for me 
So then kind of like the fear was kicking in and I was like, yeah, okay, on one hand you feel fear, but on the other hand you actually don't want to do that, but you have to do that. So I was like jumping in between. I think that made me feel really weird for a while. And if the rest wasn't doing all that stuff, you wouldn't consider it? Yeah, probably. It would be not so much in my face. That would be the difference. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's such a strange thing to have if you see all the women uh, you grew up with, you uh, bond with, you connect with. Yeah. Settle down and have kids and all that stuff. So it's... Uh, It's definitely a normal one, but I think the older you get, the more you really realize where you have been 10 years ago. And I'm like, if I would have gone that way with the boyfriend I had at that time, no thanks. Mm. So that's also good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Insight is really a good uh, perspective on life as well. Be like, yeah, you you have chosen well. It's good. So you're happy you didn't act. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Whoever you are, you know now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's in the air now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. When you want to go uh, one for one or you want me to keep uh, bombarding? Um, we can go one for one, but I don't have uh, the questions for you on my list because you've been writing them down. That's what I meant earlier. Ah, you want me to grab yeah. your <laughs> yeah. questions? Yeah. You don't have your own questions? No. <laughs> Too many devices around here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm professional. So unprofessional. Here it is. Can you read it? Um, that's what I meant. How do you accept the? Well, thanks for making it really big for me because I'm half blind. <laughs> thanks. Um, how do you feel about things you cannot do anymore? Yeah. That's not even a fear of missing out. That's just like the truth. Yeah. Uh, it comes and goes. Uh, I don't feel great about it. I feel like uh, I've described. Uh, I think it's two-sided. On one side, I feel like I've ended up in the body of an 80-year-old. And my my mind isn't there. So I... But then again, how do I know that 80-year-old people have peace with being in an 80-year-old body, you know? So that's an assumption. But definitely, yeah. I don't deal with it great. I think I, if I reflect on my process after my accident, I did all the things that I did before my accident, except getting on a motorcycle. And uh, then I saw how horribly and how poorly I was able to do those things. And then I could be like, okay, this is not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I left anything undone in that sense. And uh, I think I dealt with my sexuality, not being able to use my body as I was used to. Um, by exploring the, the kink and fetish lifestyle for a while. Um I wasn't used to talking about my emotions. I was ventilating a lot of it through contact sport and kickboxing and all that stuff. So I dealt with it very poorly. And I think nowadays I'm at the point that I see slowly my friends also like, hey, we're not climbing into trees every day of the week anymore. Either. Absolutely nobody, not. <laughs> nobody's got time or energy for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's a big part of sadness and loss in being like looking, for instance, your motorcycle. Or if I see my friends with a motorcycle, I love bikes. I enjoy riding a bike. I think it's a nice uh one of the nicest thing you can do as a human being and uh, not being able to do that anymore is uh, a one side saddening, but I have plenty of memories. I've gained a lot of kilometers on the bike or kickboxing or just... I think you did even way more kilometers than I did, so... <laughs> probably. I think, for instance, when I was in Costa Rica in February... 
some guy in the pool was drunk and he attacked me and he punched me and I couldn't defend myself. So I got dragged into the water and if there weren't any people, it would be a game over for me again. I think those moments are really tough rubbing in your face that, uh, yeah, you're kind of left at the mercy of others. I remember at the beginning of my uh, rehab uh, process, I always kind of judged or looked down on people who cannot start a fire or just navigate in the woods. And like, if the supermarket is closed, they stop existing, you know? <laughs> and then I was confronted with the fact that I, if it wasn't for medical care or equipment, medication, I could not provide or survive more than a day mm -hmm. so the really embracing that vulnerability and uh, that took me quite a while i don't think it was easy i think some some days it's still uh, it is waiting for me when i open my eyes it's like hey you suck you can't do this or that and if you're really identifying yourself with the things you can do when you lose a lot of those things, you feel like you've lost your identity as well. Mm. So, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I deal with it my own way. Some days I'm okay with it. Other days I'm frustrated by it. Yeah. Oh, you just turn it into a different identity. Kind of. I'm not sure about that. I was definitely looking for different ways to experience the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's not that. like my identity changed, but my options changed. But why did I enjoy driving a motorcycle? The sense of freedom, the speed, the how nimble you are. Uh, mm. I've been looking for ways to do Thrill that with yeah, with my uh, electric bike on the wheelchair or with the Model X. It takes off like any rockets yeah. and. Yeah, I think you're you're looking for different ways to experience the same feelings. Yeah. No, that's how I would say. That, that I think that's the biggest way of me finding uh, peace with not being able to do all the old mm -hmm. things is that it took me quite a while to create new options. Just like when you're trying to quit a habit, you need a new habit. Mm. because there's something in that old habit yeah. that is feeding you emotionally. Yeah, otherwise there's a void. Exactly. Yeah. So I definitely spent a lot of time uh, looking and experimenting and finding new things to do. Mm. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> so after asking you about what was your weirdest fear of missing out, and you mentioned settling, creating mm -hmm. a family, having kids. Um, what was the fear about? What were you really afraid of? To miss out on that, you know what I mean? Yeah, what were you missing out on? Yeah, I was, I was super focused on my career at that time. And I don't even today feel ready for that but at that time I didn't feel ready and I was like apparently everyone seems to be ready to take that step and do it and I was like I'm not sure is it something I'm missing out that is really great at this age thinking back my mom got me when she was 23 I think it was not easy for her but I always make the joke and I'm like if I would have a kid being 23 my daughter would be 16 now which is pretty insane so at that time, I was like, yeah, it must be something in it because people decide for it. But then you have to like really figure out, is it something for me? And I think... Well, what were you afraid of? Well, if you don't do that step and focus on your career, then you obviously choose for something against something. So you don't know if that's the right thing. But it felt like I don't want to check off boxes of my life list. Mm -hmm. that that was my certainty about it so you were afraid of not having kids 
yeah, I was afraid that maybe the opportunity might not come back at some point. I don't know. Mm, that you it's know? a once in a lifetime or whatever opportunity yeah. that if you don't seize the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can never look forward and you also never know how you're going to be with whatever age. And I think now I really, yeah, see it differently. And I'm like, it was absolutely the right decision. It was good, but you can only see it in hindsight. In that moment, you're like, okay, everyone is apparently getting into that game and Mm. I'm not, is that right or is that wrong? Mm. But at the same time, it didn't feel right with the person I was with and all the circumstances. And yeah, both things would have not gone hand in hand. Mm. So it was also a choice. And I was just completely focused on my career. Which definitely took off at that time. So, yeah. And if you would have chosen to settle, then you would have missed out on your career. Most probably, yeah. And you were more afraid of losing out on your career than losing out on kids? Is that how you made the decision? No, definitely no. I think I made it up on a sense of selfishness as well because I was like those things can just wait and I'm just going to focus on my career. I don't feel like I can do it the other way. So that's why I just focus on that. But the sense of selfishness was like, is that a good place for this decision? If that makes sense. Yes. Like if you decide for your career, you just decide for yourself. You don't really consider someone else. You don't consider kids. You don't consider something that is a family. You're just like, I want to do a career. I mm. want to focus on that. So it's a selfish decision mm. in some ways. So you were afraid of not having the opportunity? Just trying to recap if I understand mm-hmm. you correctly. Because everybody else was seizing that opportunity yeah. in that moment. So it mm-hmm. made you doubt whether you're order in doing things in life because Mm -hmm. you had your order like first i'm going to get the career Mm -hmm. and then i might settle or not i'll see you afterwards yeah i didn't have many people to compare myself with because i was really young when i got promoted for the first time i kind of like went all the way up in my career and that's why i was kind of felt left out because everyone else was like oh we're just going another way so then you doubt yourself even more So you you had trouble really trusting your own instincts yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. If I could write a letter to the 10-year younger me, I'd be like, that was a good one, guys. Yeah, you're happy yeah. with it? <laughs> Absolutely. So you didn't let the fear of missing out on starting a family at that age influence your mm-hmm. choices, but you did feel it. I definitely felt it, yeah. yeah how did, do you feel such a thing? That fear? Yeah. Well, you just see what people do around you and you see them having kids and that's definitely a beautiful thing to have a family. So if you see that, you're like, yeah, then you really just doubt it on the way. You were afraid of ending up alone or something. You know, just like maybe off. missing the chances of having kids just missing the moment the right moment for that the right person the right moment the right time Mm. because of a sense of selfishness and focusing on my career you felt selfish for choosing your career over that yeah yeah fair enough i think uh i don't know it's up for people watching and listening to comment or respond male or female doesn't matter but uh whether it is uh, something that you recognize yourself in to be like when you see all your peers uh, settling down that you feel like you should also because it's an age thing or something. Also just the majority of your peers going in the same direction and you obviously swimming against the whole pack. That's why it's like, okay, am I going the right way? Yeah. Yeah, but I think what's different for you is that you made a conscious choice to not Mm -hmm. go that way. And maybe a lot of people also want to make that step, but don't have the partner Mm -hmm. or uh, can't conceive a baby. Mm -hmm. 
relationships clash, whatever, these things are very painful uh, things to want and not get. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want them intrinsically. You just mm-hmm. saw everybody else doing mm-hmm. it. And you were like, oh, am I doing something wrong that I'm making mm-hmm. different choices? But I believe a lot of uh, people do have a certain idea about what age they want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I think many people are super strict about it. Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. And that, that creates that some creates kind of a lot of stress. And, and that's the formula yeah. right there, right? Yeah, and it's also like then you kind of try to make to bend everything into this shape. Mm. So if you with someone, you're like, yeah, the, he has to be the father of my kids or whatever. Like you try to really bend everything into this shape, and you just like try to force things, which I don't believe is never like a good way to go. But then you really like, okay, this is this is basically the get end ready, line. Yeah, this ready, is the goal. Yeah. This is where we want to go. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think if I hear you correctly, basically other people's FOMO moving into that phase mm-hmm. rubbed off on you. <laughs> yeah. Right? That Maybe is a that very was, good observation. Yeah, yeah. What was weird about it for you because yeah. you had your abduction in a row. You're like, hey, it's career time. Boom, let's go. I have a boyfriend, but hey, it's not family time for yeah. me. And then everybody else is like uh, moving into kid style <laughs> and you're like, hmm, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah, I yeah. think... It definitely, if you compare yourself to your peers, I also have one friend who had kids very young, the mm-hmm. age of 20, so he was an outlier. But the past couple of two, three years, definitely most of my friends are having mm-hmm. kids. And also the conversations I have with them about the ones that don't have kids is usually some kind of disalignment, whether... One of the two partners wants mm-hmm. kids and the other one doesn't. doesn't yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a age, uh, life uh, phase thing. Yeah, it's really impacts it's, a lot of people. Yeah, it's a phase where people are like, okay, what's the next step? Like, what is gonna happen mm. now? Yeah. 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 Thanks for being honest about that. Sure. You up again? Me up again? Yeah, a you're question up again. To you. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you accept the feeling of FOMO? Mm. You said earlier that you sometimes have days where it like really wakes up with you. So how do you? I think look at it. The real FOMO that I have seen around me, like people, like oh, there is a new bar. We have to go to the new bar or. There are these new shoes. You have to have these new shoes. Tell me about that. <laughs> I have that with select things like audio. I really, I remember when I was like 14 and there was this specific pioneer uh, stereo set <laughs> that I wanted and I didn't have the money, but it was on sale. I was asking my parents for the money and they didn't give it to me. I was like, fuck. I missed out on that one and I bought it later, a broken one, fixed it, blah, blah. Um, so I do understand the really wanting something. And I think for me, for instance, two, three years ago, a good friend of mine got married and his bachelor party the activities were like kayaking and uh, paintballing and a whole bunch of active stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just joined for the paintballing and people just planted me in the woods and gave me a gun <laughs> and started shooting me. <laughs> so I think definitely a big part of accepting it is like uh, uh, making the best of what you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't try the like trim the down version that's available Mm -hmm. for you with your physique then you're completely left out then you do not participate okay um so i try to participate a lot of times i remember uh, 
there was this uh, society of artists and they had an open night for book readings and I had a chapter of my book that I wanted to read and it was on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And the person uh, in charge was like, no, it's not safe. There are stairs. And I'm like, yeah, I can walk stairs, etc." At a certain point, I was like, hey, the hell with it. I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk up and it's going to happen. So a lot of times my boldness uh, overrules the barriers that are there. Mm-hmm. But like a good friend of mine said, some things are just a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. And then you got to acknowledge that it makes you sad, that you cannot participate. But I remember when I was like in the second or third year after my accident, a psychiatrist told me you should uh, hang out with uh, people with disabilities more. And I was like, the fuck? Oh my gosh. Let me uh, join a Facebook group. And there on this Facebook group for, for handicapped people, there was this, after a while, a post showed up of this lady like completely ranting about some museum that she couldn't get in. And what was strange for me is that in that moment, I realized because of the way I look, I grew up my teenage years being denied access to a lot of places, Mm -hmm. you know, like bouncers being racist or discriminating or just being the usual suspect. So for me, it's very normal to be denied access at a certain place. Mm -hmm. And that in that instance is that FOMO thing. Like everybody's going out to the bar for a drink. Mm -hmm. You show up, you get picked out, you get left out. That's a big bummer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that feeling. And, think right now also you see it with the Black Lives Matter movement and everybody speaking up about racism. Mm-hmm. Um, the missing out and the FOMO thing is one dimension of it that you want something and you're afraid of not achieving or, or getting it or being mm-hmm. part of it. The other side of the coin, there are a whole bunch of people basically waking up in a world where it's pretty unwritten rules that you cannot participate you will not uh, be equal whether it's color race sex gender yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah um i think the recent uh developments definitely opened my eyes to how uh crooked my own vision of life is Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah what you gonna do about it but it's super unfair Mm-hmm. If if all white people would get treated uh, the same way that I got treated, being addressed by police, being picked out of lines at airports, all these things, yeah, they would be ranting. They would be uh, having rebelling, uh, yeah, having trauma, <laughs> yeah. and like starting uh, groups that uh, are suing uh, governments and companies. Absolutely. So a big part of me being able to accept that I cannot participate in a lot of things is the shitty conditions of this multicultural uh, society Mm -hmm. that they're so proud of in Holland, but there's a lot of hidden layers of, uh, yeah, almost the Indian caste systems, you know? Yeah, it's like an undercurrent that is evident. It's definitely present. So if you grow up in an environment like that, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's normal that some things you do not belong. Yeah. I also still, if I can afford it, go to a fancy restaurant or go to the theater or go to the opera. The only foreigner there, and you're like, you just, you feel like you shouldn't be there almost. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's not right. So I definitely yeah. made me aware of how much of it I do to myself. That's why I also. One of the keynotes I have is uh, include yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, this exclusion experience that FOMO is a part of, a lot of this is, is in our own hands. Like you can choose to be like, hey guys, I want to join your group. Mm-hmm. But because you have like an outsider experience, you just assume that they will not include you. Mm-hmm. And this wheelchair definitely has made me like the one to love so i come from that background of not feeling like i can belong in an outsider complex Mm 
and then I show up and because I'm in a wheelchair everybody embraces me the whole yeah. group take care of me as a community because people are kind mm -hmm. and then I am stuck with the internal conflict like <laughs> hey I'm not supposed to belong I should be left <laughs> out not because I'm in a wheelchair but because that's what yeah. I was used to all my youth so it's definitely confusing most of mm -hmm. the time and uh, definitely in my own hands whether I uh, allow that uh, fear to uh, rule my life and build mm -hmm. my decisions on it yeah or I step over it and then I uh, enter a whole world of embrace yeah I mean what I can say from living with you for a couple of months now is like I told you pretty early, I got really impressed with the idea of like, do the best with whatever you have. We went to that bakery one day and it was 10 to 6. And basically I was like, I'm going to jump out of the car and just grab a bread. And you looked at me like completely flabbergasted saying, what do you think? Am I your driver? And I was like, whoa. And that mindset just blew me off my feet. Like seriously, I think... That made me realize that your mindset is super unique. Like you could find millions of excuses to not do things, but you just don't give a shit. Mm. Point blank, really. You just do it. And that I found that so beautiful. I think that was one of the moments where I fell in love with you on the way. Mm. Because I really realized, like, I know so many people that would find excuses to not do things. And you just didn't care. It was just never a hurdle. It was not something stopping you. So I think that's pretty beautiful. And yeah, when it comes to being excluded, I cannot, I mean, absolutely cannot relate in some ways, maybe. I like traveling a lot and having funky stamps in my uh, passport. Mm -hmm. That's where I realized when all the situation in the US picked up and I was traveling and I really had some funky stamps and I always got picked out of the line. That's for the first time I was like, whoa, like this is intense. And realizing how often you had that is really something that, yeah, many people experience. But of course, if you are white, you just don't have that. No, definitely yeah. not as often. Yeah. Yeah, I think my attitude also comes from my friends. Luckily, I've been uh, blessed with people around me who know me. Mm. who know how little I care about the pain or the disappointment. Uh, I remember in Japan, there were four of us and we were like on this little island that had a lot of deer and temples and there was a cable cart. Mm -hmm. And the cable cart was on the top of one of the hills and it was like super steep and the guys were like, pushing and cramping and like <laughs> taking turns and slipping and like full beast mode and then we got to the cable cart and it had two flights of stairs so we all got crushed by the whole <laughs> not being able to do the thing Fuck. Um, but yeah you gotta be willing to risk that disappointment mm -hmm. you gotta be willing to go there and be like uh, that's what difference between cultures as well like in holland um everybody expects everything to be uh, either accessible or you just yeah. don't go in and if i look at third world countries south america and generally the the the, the nature of humans is like let's just pick the guy up and take him up the stairs and yeah Whatever it is, it's not a problem. But in Holland, there's a big trust in the system that it should be taken mm -hmm. care of. And that's why we as yeah. civilians should not get involved. Mm -hmm. But that's complete nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... But I feel even getting to the cable car is already a victory. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like, okay, oh, well, oh, we didn't get to the last step, but we got somewhere. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and then you share that experience together yeah. also. It's better than looking at the sign of the cable cart and then looking at me in a wheelchair and be like, mm, no, let's not do it. Let's not even try. That's a different mindset. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for uh, reminding me of our bakery trip. Great <laughs> Baking lab. Best outfit. Baking lab. Best outfit that day. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the pink, the pink Maybe I tell you next time. <laughs>
So the last question I have for you. Mm -hmm. What is your uh, current FOMO? What what is uh, impacting you today, tomorrow, coming months? What is spooking, what is like crawling under your skin? What fear do you have now? What are you missing out on? I think what I realized a couple of weeks ago when we've been talking about the trip is that we are really not able to travel at the moment. And not even the idea of not traveling, but the idea of being stuck and just not being able to move freely, that kind of created something in me. And I was like, I was really drifting off into the future and I was like, oh my gosh, how is that going to be? Like, I want to go to Japan this year for a month and there's so much to see. And I just like, it really started to grow in me and be like this constant thing that was following me and I was like yeah but you just can't go on like this so I started to really sit with it and think just in present moments mm -hmm. that makes it really easier for me and be just like okay it's gonna be somehow and it's gonna work out and if you start living and thinking in the future it's gonna take you nowhere because that's just like it's a fear which is a feeling which is a just a thought in the end something that grows in my head but if i but catch what, it what are you afraid of that you miss out on the travels that i miss out on the travels and i miss out on all the great food and all the great tastes and all the beautiful places to see and all the beautiful encounters that is there and seeing all the places it's like seriously like traveling is such a beautiful thing yeah it's true just like i don't know it, it doesn't fit in any area it's just a thing on its own that recharges you and it's just beautiful so yeah and food <laughs> taste Good. everything yeah i mean <laughs> big time foodie so yeah but then i just started to really circle back to the present moment and just stay there and be like enjoy what you have and it's gonna sort out by itself yeah. A lot of people, I think, have burned tickets, burned yeah. hotel stays, burned honeymoons, world trips. Yeah, whole bunch of people's. Uh, it's weird to realize, like, yeah. back in the day when cars weren't a thing yet, before planes. Mm -hmm. Just visiting Germany was like a whole endeavor. Like, I hope you come back alive. So. Hell of a trip. Nobody <laughs> eats you or something and your horse makes it. Yeah. And now you can yeah. jump on a plane, fly to Tokyo, get a car mm. or a Shinkansen, shoot yeah. around the islands and be back in a week. I mean, I was used to that. That's the point. Like in my last job, I was basically going constantly back and forth between New York and Hong Kong and not even sometimes spending more than 48 hours in New York and then going back. And so I was really used to it. I was Super just like angry. sometimes really waking up and being like, fuck, where am I? Which is, oh yeah, here I am. Okay, go, go back to work. So that's mm. that really, yeah, it just slowed down everything. Mm. And About, now the option isn't there as well, so it creeps you out. <laughs> slightly, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, when I was living in Curaçao, they have this saying that you get the island fever mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you cannot drive off the island yeah. and you you drive around on the island, but at a certain it's point still the you, same island. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> on the island. So yeah. luckily we're on a continent right now. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have the same that if you if I cannot go for a road trip. Mm -hmm. That's why I decided not to stay in Curacao. It's, uh, I think a plane is still a hassle, but just to see the landscape change by jumping into your car or a train and see different surroundings and different people and bakeries and pastry and food mm -hmm. and definitely the, the travel part is a big, uh, big part of life. Yeah. Yeah. it really makes you rich in your mind mm. it's something really beautiful wherever i have been like i came back a different person yeah. in many sense and especially the solo travels that i did were just really changing and it's just like you you literally take off with no expectations apart from your first that's what i do my first hostel 
night or two booked <laughs> and a little of a plan where I want to go and what I want to see. But then you meet people and you're like, wow, and you just take a completely different route, etc. So I think this is something that is just beyond. Yeah, you're out of the ordinary. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Plenty of people like drop a like or a share or a whatever comment you feel like if you resonate with the, what Kay just said about yeah. yeah almost island fever city fever no travel fever missing out on all the nice food the teriyaki food uh, the, <laughs> sushi the nice, the nice yeah sushi. the vegan sushi of <laughs> course yeah yeah, Indonesian food, my gosh. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, we're blessed that we live here in Amsterdam, that, yeah. that there is so much richness in, in like takeaways and restaurants. But it's still not the ah, same. Nah, it's nah. just not the same. <laughs> very, very complex. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the most present one. Yeah, so the traveling. Say. Yeah. Yeah, I remember how bummed out you were about not being able to visit the wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a real Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. because it also it, it is connection with people where you can just go. And I think yeah. we have been taking it for granted. Like I have never been thinking about not being able. It was just like book a ticket and go. Mm. Grab your car, grab your whatever, just go. Yeah. Grab your backpack, just leave. True. But now it's just like, yeah, okay, if you want to go, you have to, or you cannot, or whatever. Yeah, my mom is in Spain right now, and then, who knows, maybe the restrictions go yeah. up again, and then they're stuck or not. Yeah. It's a strange time. It's, 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 it's... Yeah, I never thought about like having FOMO over traveling. <laughs> I was just like, okay, everything got postponed until this thing is fixed. Yeah, but what I feel now and see more and more is that it's not going to be fixed. It's like, it is a thing that is going to stay in some sense. And we have to deal with it. I mean, I was at my parents this weekend and being on a train with the face mask all the time, I was just like, gosh, this is so annoying. This is just annoying <laughs> to really just, yeah, and... All those things, I feel like there is a certain layer that is just going to stay and not go away anymore. Not soon, not soon. Not yeah. Soon. Yeah. It's new. What is yours? My biggest yeah. current... I know it's not allowed to, but... <laughs> breaking the format. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. So unprofessional. <laughs> So unprofessional today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like complete. Don't have that much disrespect, experience. Disrespect. So for sorry the for not being sorry. My <laughs> current biggest FOMO is uh, I feel like timing. Like I'm launching products, my energy management compass curriculum, yeah. my. You should uh, check that out, guys. Book, my. Uh, all the stuff that I'm doing. Like. I feel like I'm prepared. That's what I've learned is like, if an opportunity arises and you are not prepared, the opportunity is worth nothing. Okay, That's a beautiful one, yeah. And I've been preparing for this. And now I feel like the opportunity is about to come and I have to time it right. And I, it's not all in my hands. So I think... I have a little bit of a FOMO of not finding the right people in the right time and mm -hmm. that creating growing pains because mm -hmm. I believe I can take it pretty far, but I want to take it all the way and I cannot take it all the way by myself. I need good people for that. Mm -hmm. So finding the right people and the right time and yeah, I think timing is for me the biggest uh, mm -hmm. For me, it's the biggest stressor in life has been always. It's like time. It's like I'm about to run out of time. Like I've had that since I think I was 18, running crazy around the really? clock. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't know why. It's interesting. Yeah, but definitely like always. Like I, I, I see some of my friends have it and others don't at all. I had it for so many years, literally. And... Two years ago, one and a half years ago, it just, someone pressed the pause button. Mm. That's for the first time where I was not feeling in a rush anymore in my life. 
it's always like, oh my gosh, like, ah, I gotta run, I gotta run, I gotta run more. And that time ago, it was just like, no, 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 no. You cannot run. Like, you are the one that defines your pace. Completely agree. (laughs) I've learned to uh, step away from rushing. Yeah. But there is a sense, certain level of tempo that I like. Mm Mm-hmm. To appreciate slowing down, I need to accelerate and decelerate and mm-hmm. like drive the top speed on the autobahn and then come back to 120 yeah. again. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it for me. I just care about momentum and tempo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to let go of the rushing mind state because I've also learned that there's a big difference between being in a hurry and making progress. Mm-hmm. Like... You can be oh, yeah. in a hurry all you want oh, yeah. and completely miss all the <laughs> deadlines and, and like uh, deliverables. And you can just be in a nice flow, steady, slow, but yeah. steady, they say. Doesn't have to be slow, but steady, like having momentum, having a certain mm. cadence. It's uh, cadence. I don't know what the, how you say it in English, <laughs> but it's like a rhythm. Yeah. And that rhythm, I definitely feel like uh, I, I value highly. And if mm-hmm. I feel like I am not hitting the beat on that rhythm, that freaks me out. Yeah. But that's, I'm definitely on that side. But for me, it was really like rushing, like feeling like being behind, running behind something. I think, yeah, that's the business you were in as well. Like Probably. Yeah. Next uh, season is coming. Next thing is coming. Yeah. Next thing is coming. It's never stopping. Yeah. It's never finished. No. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you still have questions? Yeah, I have one. I have one for you. Go ahead. What's your fear of missing out being in a relationship now? Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, (laughs) We have to postpone this episode for two hours because it's a big list. (laughs) A big list. I get that. start with the Latinas, (laughs) Brazilians, Colombians. Uh, no. all, all jokes aside, um, I think uh, the biggest FOMO I have of being in a relationship Tell is me. losing myself, I think. I think there's this fusion of energies and habits and thoughts and decoration and likes and dislikes and... Uh, all the compromise uh, that you love so much. I think my uh, biggest uh, baseline check is how much of me is left. You know, I want to be myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose myself. And I want like, if you tell me be nice when I'm just being myself, I'm like, oh, am I an asshole now? Or does she just want? something that I am not delivering but then should I change no because I'm pretty happy with who I am Mm -hmm. so if you need nice go to the nice shop and come back when you want me (laughs) yeah I don't know I think that's where I all right (laughs) definitely draw the line from uh I remember uh the only regrets I had in life was passing up booty, not not going for booty that was available. But I'm, I'm I think I've had uh, my fair share of uh, booty to be peace in peace with that. <laughs> so I think that that yeah. what remains on the long term is for me to not dilute myself too much, mm-hmm. you know, to still keep my essence and uh, stay true to myself and. and then I feel like I didn't miss out on anything. I was yeah. myself, I was with you, or we went through a ride together and uh, I got off it still being me. Because mm-hmm. I do remember getting into relationships and twisting and turning myself in certain ways that afterwards I really needed to reflect and be like, hey, man, that's not me. Mm-hmm. That was that other person's effect on me. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm like, fuck that. I want to be me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I, wanna, I just want to be me. And uh, if you 
cannot deal with me, cannot level with me. That's all fair. That's that's mm. the freedom we have in life. Yeah. But but staying myself and actually walking the path that is all about revealing more of myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, something that I do not want to give up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a non-negotiable. No, <laughs> that's, I absolutely, I agree. I think uh, I have lost myself many times in relationships. I couldn't agree more on that one. And I think uh, if it just doesn't, you know, if like two people cannot find a way of like making it work, then uh, somebody's ringing the doorbell. <laughs> I don't know Real life. Going. Real life is going on. We're in a house. Yeah, We're I, in a living room. I think if two people cannot really work it out to stay themselves, I think I have to open Could the door. Yeah, I Could can get, get the door. <laughs> I'll do a little uh, commercial intermezzo. Everybody. It was starting as the Our Muto podcast. Kay decided to be a co-host. We decided that Kay should be a co-host. She's got lots of wisdom and knowledge to share. She's back. All right, you did it? Delivery, yeah. Delivery (laughs) for us? Yeah, for us. Okay. Buying clothes again? No. (laughs) Back on track. So... Just I was to just finish saying my sentence. That the, the, the podcast is Love Change instead yeah. of the Our Muto uh, podcast, mm-hmm. which basically means the change, same. Our Muto is Love Change. Okay, Love Change. I love change. Finish your sentence, Kate. Yeah, I was just uh, I was about to say if, uh, you know, if you don't keep yourself in a relationship, then I think the relationship is worth nothing, really. I think uh, mm. you said it, it's beautiful. It's really resonated with me i think that's super important to stay yourself and create something third together mm, yeah so yeah yeah amen to that yeah love change that's a wrap for today we've explored the fear of missing out a bit hell yeah um hell yeah <laughs> so if you're stuck in the same boat of feeling like your peers are having kids or you're feeling left out because of the way your skin is colored or your sex you have at your office, Um, drop a comment, share your thoughts, your experiences, what your biggest FOMO was in life, uh, how that impacted you, how do you accept uh, not being able to participate in certain things like Mm -hmm. I have to. And uh, if you care about food, Asian food, especially. <laughs> Definitely love or like. Share this. and uh, Yeah, but also if you have uh, proposals for topics that we should talk about, uh, you want to talk about, definitely drop them as well. We we, are, we gladly pick up on stuff. Um, if you're tuning in for the live, well done for you. Cool. You can find the podcast on Spotify, on Apple, uh, iTunes, Google. YouTube. YouTube slash Amor Muto, A-M-O-R-M-U-T-O. Mm-hmm. You can have the video version and make sure to follow Amor underscore Muto on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.